Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, something a little bit different. Similar, but different. So, we, uh, you know, we love a wrestling podcast. Um, every now and then, you know, once we did a we did a results podcast um so this is what's known in the business as a collab because we've got results podcast for wrestling and beer podcast tagged on put the two together you get a wrestling podcast with beer talk yeah so there you go enjoy that if you're checking us out on youtube Big thanks. If you're a YouTube subscriber, sweet. If you're listening to us audio-wise and you're also subscribing, that's amazing. Uh, if you're not one of those people, please do. It uh, it really does let us know just how much you love us and we're all insecure. Here we go. This is CookieCast getting over. Recording in progress. It's true. She doesn't lie. Oh, I don't know that for a fact, but in this case, she's not lying. Um, and for this one, I'm going to hand over the reins to Stuart Woodmancy. Over to you, sir. Hello, hello. Welcome along, ladies and gents. Uh, if you were with us for Getting Over 36 last week, as promised, here we are with a little bit of a, of a very special crossover episode of getting over meets the pursuit of hoppiness i mean getting hoppiness getting over the pursuit of hoppiness we've just uh, talked about call it what you will but we're here for some results and we're here for some beer so we'll, we'll get into all of that very very shortly um so yeah we're here to catch up on the results from last weekend's SummerSlam pay-per-view see who currently holds the pay-per-view predictions title and then raise a glass to the victory um as we uh Review the Brew York Survivor Series Cryo Pop beers. Sound good? We're in. What's going to say? Is it? Is it the sort of thing where we could be the pursuit of getting over? <laughs> you know how like there's always that one person who has to take it too far, and it's always you, Paul. But it's, but, but that sounds like it. That sounds like a self-help podcast way. <laughs> The pursuit of getting over the stealth to deal with past wrongs and stuff like that. I thought the pursuit of getting over sounds more like the missing Adrian Mole book, but you know, whatever. Um, anyway, so yeah, should we should we get into the predictions title as we were? So um, heading into SummerSlam, Matt took the title and was seemingly confident heading into the biggest party of the summer. And there was a few messages flying backwards and forwards over the weekend. Matt also seemingly was quite confident about the uh, the results coming out of, uh, of of SummerSlam. So let's see if that confidence would be rewarded. Um, first things first, the points were out of 10. Um, but as we also talked about on the last episode of Getting Over, we kind of decided between us that not all matches that uh, were featured in the predictions and in the advertising would probably end up making the card it, it's probably fair to assume that we all hoped it might be the I mean sorry we all thought it might be the Eva Marie match um, it turns out in reality Sasha Banks didn't challenge Bianca Belair for the Smackdown Women's title and that ended up giving us a maximum score of 9 so in as per usual no particular order that's the uh, very particular order I am happy to say that out of 9 Nobody scored less than five, so everybody's uh, above the 50% average this time. Uh, but taking the wooden spoon on this episode is Mr. Paul Williams with five. Uh, so, yeah, he had, he, had, he had a few results let him down. Um, particularly out there, if you may remember from the last podcast, was Paul's prediction of a double count out in the Edge versus Seth Rollins match. I know what I saw. <laughs> And all the rest of us saw Edge winning that happened. So, you know, you're welcome. No. 
I saw it. I saw it with my own two eyes. There was a portion of time where they were both on the outside, and I counted to ten very quickly. So. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Paul is not currently wearing a black and white striped shirt. Um, I ended up finishing third with seven out of nine. So that tells you how tight this has been now. Uh, my, my, Andy's, Andy's, Andy's ears pricked up there, didn't they? Look at that! My uh, my particular letdown was the fact that I thought that AJ and uh, Omos could possibly hold on to the Raw Tag Team titles against the uh, the newly reformed force of RK Bro, and you guys all uh, all went that route. However, playing for points didn't didn't pay off for me. So let's get into the first and second positions. And speaking of playing for points. A certain member of the podcast has a, a particular reputation by this point for playing for points. I mean, he's shaking his head down there in the corner, but we all know that it's Andy. And unfortunately, un- unfortunately for you, uh, Matt, what? It, it worked this time. Oh! <laughs> so take, taking the uh, predictions title with what was inadvertently his uh, now third clean sweep of the predictions, thanks to the cancellation of the uh, Bianca Belair-Sasha uh, Banks match, was Mr Andy Cook with nine out of nine. Matt, Matt can feel very hard done by here because he finished on eight. So it was very close. And do you, know, do you want me to, to rub some salt in that wound, Matt? Do you know what was the match that swung it? It was the the Charlotte Flair match. Yep. So not only do we have to now suffer through Charlotte Flair's 357th title reign in about as many days, uh, we we yeah, and Andy also takes. You have to suffer through my title reign (laughs) again. (laughs) So you know, I was feeling confident. I I I I didn't think that anyone had gone like full full card prediction there. I was like I was sat there thinking, I'm feeling I'm feeling good here. Like I know I know I got the the, the Bel Air one wrong and I know I know I knew I'd got the two women's matches wrong. But I'm sure Andy had gone kind of like gender at some point or kinda of Oldberg somewhere along the line. I was like, you know, deserted the beloved Randy, you know, Randall Keith at some point, you know. Oh, damn it. I think- the confusion probably arose because during the predictions, um, it was Paul that picked Ginger, but I'm pretty sure that it was just because he got mixed up and thought it said Ginger. <laughs> Sticking with the brethren. Um, because on that note, he also predicted Sheamus to retain the US title and was the only one that uh. that one wrong as well. So, um, in, in terms of um, surprises of the night, I mean, we can talk about returns all you like, but I mean, the biggest surprise was the fact that the Eva Marie match made it onto the card, as I've already discussed. Um, and the, she actually had a match. And it actually had a pinfall and like a decision. And I mean, sure, Is that there was. The first, like, proper match that she's ever had. No, I'm pretty sure she wrestled in NXT, like, properly. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm going to say properly to her standards, obviously. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to get into slagging her off. I. I do think that she 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 has had time to improve. I think the fact that this was like a first proper match will also then signify that we're going to get more down the line. So if if she's gonna if she's gonna go for it, then cool. Hopefully she'll be better than she was like last time around. But yeah, we did we did get that match. Um, in, in terms of match of the night, for me. I'm going to pick Paul's double count-out match of, uh, of Edge versus Seth Rollins. Whilst it possibly was somewhat predictable in the respect that three out of the four of us got it right, some of the things that happened in the match were, were just like I was not expecting. And straight on the top of that list was the fact that Edge paid uh, homage to his uh, Hall of Fame wife by pulling out Beth Phoenix's finisher during the course of the match and hitting Rollins with a glam slam. Um, nice touch that. Very much enjoyed that. Um, but just just the whole match in, in and of itself, just that to me was the one that probably told the best story all night. Um, and 
the, just the best in ring in ring action. So I've I've gone for Edge versus Seth Rollins. Um, for you guys that have seen some of it, do you do you, any anybody else picking out any highlights? I'm I'm trying to rack my brain now, but I, I've I've had sort of SummerSlam ruined because the only match I've got in my head now is the Ilya Dragunov Volta match from Takeover. It's that's the only thing I can think about from like from like a wrestling perspective now. So I'm having to really sort of rack my brain to try and go back to what happened at SummerSlam. I enjoyed the Rain Cena match. To be fair, I, I, that was better than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. personally. Um, we, we were all disappointed to learn that for the first time in, in history that Cena actually brought out a t-shirt that all of us would buy um, themed around uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 from memory and um, it turns out that to get hold of that t-shirt there was only 500 of them made and you have to buy something that costs $1,000 to get that included with that box so um, yeah let, let's not, not do that when's, um, yours, when's yours turning up Stu? It's, ab- it's absolutely Don't. not. Um, I Don't suppose on that thread, Andrew, you know he'll buy. You know he'll buy. Spe- speaking of uh, spending a lot of money on wrestling stuff, I should probably shout out to Wrestle HQ <laughs> at this point because um, we might even have an unboxing on our hands by the time that um, my stuff arrives from from there. I've, I've, I've partook in a box this month and have been adding stuff to it throughout the month, so we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll, I'm sure that'll crop up on a future episode. But um, kind, of, yeah. kind of sneak it in as well. They've got a sale on there at the moment. It's absolutely awesome. Some of the stuff he's got on sale about to kind of yeah. Some more of that might be getting added to the box. But um, yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, Sarah, that's if you're listening, absolutely not happening. <laughs> um, so yeah. So um, any any other particular highlights that anybody wants to to pull up from uh, SummerSlam? I saw I saw an image of um, somebody supporting a, a hairstyle that looked a little bit like this and a beard that looked a little bit like this, a little bit more blonde, and um, I think he was a bit a bit ginger, a, a bit beefier than me. <laughs> but um, some of you might, if you look past the hair and the beard, might have seen. Um, one broccoli rob, surely. The, yeah. the, so the best thing about that was the fact that, uh, and I think a, a lot of this was missed. I certainly didn't know it until a couple of days ago. Was the fact that so obviously he had his big comeback at the end of the pay per view and then the uh, then the feed obviously stopped after the after the pay per view went off the air. He just decided to kick the shit out of John Cena for like 10 minutes or something like that. It's like, what? When did that happen? Yeah, I, I saw that. They, they put it out as um, one of the social things, didn't they? As, uh, yeah. Bits you might have missed from SummerSlam. Well, yeah, because, uh, do you know what? Wasn't on SummerSlam. That's why I missed it. Um, but yeah, d- delivering a, what can only be described as a thunderous F5 to John Cena and fair play to Cena, having the match that he had with Reigns and then having to take that at the end of it. Um, Cena now seemingly rides off into the sunset um, having released a bit of a, a post saying that um, his path takes him now away from WWE for, for the foreseeable um, obviously didn't commit to the fact that that path won't then swing by again at some point which I'm sure it will however the SummerSlam in and of itself was kind of dominated by returns in fact the whole weekend of wrestling was dominated by returns because uh, not only did we get Brock and we're now obviously going to get the Brock and Roman Reigns thing. Whether that's now going to be um, in Saudi, potentially. Um, uh. that was We talked about it last time out, but that has now been confirmed as happening in October. Um, or whether, you know, whether that's further down the road. But um, we also got the return of the, the, the Irish last kicker, the man, Becky Lynch. So we, we, we talked to the... Uh, about the fact that the uh, Bianca Belair match with Sasha didn't happen, but ultimately a Bianca Belair match did happen, but just with Becky Lynch. So the setup, you might have seen it. Bianca comes to the ring first. Always dubious when a champion gets introduced first, anyway, because old school. Oh. That. 
Them's the I, rule. I, I, I would have said that, but it happened quite a lot at SummerSlam, didn't it? And how many title changes did we have? First. How many title changes did we have? That's it. So, um, for, for those keeping record, I think, was it was it four in the end? Yeah. Tag, US. So there was the tag, the US. Both women's, Both women's titles, yeah. Um, so, Carmella comes out and we're like, oh, here we go. It's going to be Belair and Carmella. Let, let's not just gloss over that. Carmella comes out to no reaction whatsoever. Absolutely no reaction. <laughs> not, not even, not even booze. Like literally, I, I believe that was. Uh, I believe that used to be known in the day as the X Pac or the X Pac Pop. The um, the irony is, is that her, uh, her her partner commentates on Raw, so he wasn't even on the commentary desk when it happened, so he couldn't even build it. Um, but yeah, came out to as Paul said, absolutely no reaction. Um, and then followed by probably the joint biggest of the night when Becky Lynch's music hit just as the match is about to start, comes down to the ring, takes out Carmella, challenges uh, Bianca. And the only disappointing thing about that is the fact that the match was seconds long in the sense of... 25, apparently. All the hard work work that's gone in from Belair, um, certainly since the turn of the year, but even before that, just disappeared in, in, in less than a minute. So... She's obviously going to then get a rematch, but oh, hello, Paul. Paul appears to be raising his hand. So you might you might be going on to cover this. So apologies if you are. Disliked it at the time. Thought you've just ruined any momentum she had since WrestleMania. There, but obviously, if Lynch is back, you'd imagine she's back full time. If they're putting the if they're putting the belt if they're putting the belt on her, she's obviously not going to be a. Heel. What you mean, like Brock, when he has mm. the deep. Yeah, but she actually likes people. Brock, <laughs> Brock's actually actively gone out of his way to say that he basically uh, he, he he's like he's like Elton John from Bo Selector. He hates people. <laughs> um, Very niche reference, by the oh, way. Yeah, but you fucking got it, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so she's obviously going to come back. Like, she's not going to get booed, so she has to become. She has to come back as a as a face, and she needs like heels to go up against. And what better way to turn someone heel than by having them get beat in twenty five seconds, as Matt said there? So I can only see this being that Belair will turn heel, and if it goes on that we get like a six month programme with them two I'm all for that mm. so I mean the, 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 I mean the dirt sheets are saying that Lynch is going to be the heel Ooh. that's what I'd read um, but I, this is the thing though isn't it it's like who was the biggest heel in, in WWE for the past like four or five years it was face Roman Reigns, <laughs> and it's like, where where do they where do they take it? I think it, it's it's a difficult one because also they built they built it and they built it well with Banks and Belair, and then to have to audible if you believe it like a week or so out from SummerSlam to something different, and it not be Belair against Carmella because Christ Almighty. Um, that can't be it. Um, I just think a 25-second squash match on someone who you've built for the past, what, six, nine six, nine months to a year to be this kind of thing. I mean, unless unless they're going to kind of go for the Drew kind of, you know, scrap your way back to the top of the tree again. You know, that, you know, that, that might be interesting. Um, and between her and Lynch, it should be, there should be good promos, interesting promos. Um, but yeah, it was a strange decision to kind of twenty-five second squash match. Which, yeah, I think I think the more confusing thing for people was if they knew that Banks wasn't going to be there. Why show the video package like hyping up the match? It, it didn't make any sense. Like, 
Because they, they obviously had it as part of the opening package for the whole pay-per-view. That was a major storyline for that. And then they had the two to three minute package before the match. And it... Yeah, I, I, I don't understand why they went went around they went around it the way they did. There's it was two a ways strange situation. There's two ways of looking at it for me now in, in the sense of when we talked about it on the card... The two matches I was genuinely looking forward to was Edge and Rollins and then this one because this one had a, a lot to deliver off the back of the WrestleMania stuff because it's, in a way, it's almost like that difficult second album kind of theory. Like the first one was so good and then for them to be able to, to, to replicate and then possibly better that, it was always going to be difficult. And in a way, they've kind of solved that problem by not having it happen because everybody will now remember it for being... Um, Becky's return and it puts more distance between the first match and when it inevitably happens again and now they've also got this option of instant triple threat if they need it um, again we, we referenced the Saudi thing but um, last time that they went to Saudi when people were allowed to travel it was the like the first ever women's match that had ever taken place there and it was like a one on one match well instant way to one-up that, surely, is by having a triple threat match there or, or like a tag title match. Tag titles aren't really holding anybody's interest in that division without being, being particularly rude to the people that hold them, but that seems to have gone on the back burner, whereas the main... You see, Matt's str- struggling to remember who they even are at this point, I can see. say, I honestly couldn't tell you who they are. Natalia Intamina, still, uh, still rocking them tag team titles. Oh, because she's injured, isn't she? Yeah, she came back on SmackDown last week, but um, it's 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 going to take a while to build again. But the two the two women's titles are, are, are like the singles titles will be where the focus are, and again, what better way to drop in a first time ever than having a triple threat match in Saudi rather than just a singles match like last time? So yeah. that kind of kind of makes sense to me. But um, but yeah, I think I think the one thing you know we've kind of like said this before is that. You know, and we'll come on to the other company in a minute, no doubt. Um, is that the other company uses social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, not so much Facebook, to kind of fill in the gaps. And for me, either use the broadcast or use social media to take out Sasha Banks, you know, and have a mystery person do it and kind of add into that kind of heel kind of thing of, you know, do the kind of, you know, like Becky Lynch has been teasing coming back to the WWE for months and every time it's like a bit of a kind of, it's a little bit of a fuck you to the the fans because it's a little bit like, I could be there. Oh, no, I'm not. You silly, you know, you silly lot. There's no, there's no way it was going to happen. And then, you kind of think, oh, this time maybe it could have been like, oh, you know, like why she got Sasha's wig on or what she doing with Sasha's wig in her bag or, you know, here's a little clip. Oh, that looks like her boots or that looks like her kind of is someone wearing her top to kind of take her out. And, you know, then you could kind of do the Carmella comes to the ring in the Becky Lynch shirt. And then Becky Lynch is actually the one that kind of does, you know, I think, they could have created a build from an unfortunate circumstance, but they just kind of went for the... It's like a rehash of the... Is it the Royal Rumble when Becky Lynch put herself back in? When she took out um, Lana? Yeah. Like two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was that. Uh, I was kind of going back a bit, though. I, I must admit... I'm really digging the Broccoli Rob look. Almost a bit when he turned up, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in on, on Brock Lesnar. I, I'm in on this look. I like it. I don't know why. Uh, beards, beards and hair. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. It's something different for him, though. But as well, like you, you, you take stock of what those two particular returns returnees have been doing in their uh, downtime, so to speak. So Becky was obviously growing a baby, having a baby, caring for a baby. The only thing that we've seen from Brock is him learning how to butcher a pig, which is the most possible Brock Lesnar thing that could ever happen to me. Like, 
<laughs> you can't imagine like seeing pictures of him taking his kids to like soccer practice or wrestling practice. But if you think about him like learning how to like cut an animal up, like yeah, that's probably a Brock Lesnar thing to do. Um, but speaking of returns, these would would these two returns even have happened without the uh, shockwave as it's been billed? The AEW sent through wrestling on on Friday night. Now this is another one where Mister Cook will probably uh, <laughs> chime in because uh, your your, uh, your your favorite UFC fighter of all times returned to wrestling. Some some would say after a longer period than others, if you listen to his own promo. But uh, CM Punk debuted on AEW Rampage on Friday night. Um. It is the first time since 2014 that a crowd have chanted CM Punk at a wrestling show when he was actually there, which is uh, a bit of a turn up for the books. Um, but yeah, like, have you guys seen much of this? What did you make of it? The pop is insane, and and like and the fact that it was absolutely spoiled to death. I, mean, I don't know, like. I like I like surprises. <laughs> you know, it makes me sound like a real simple cat, but you know, I'm like, it would have been so much better if it would have just been like, holy shit, it's genuinely kind of thing. But it was like, yeah, he's, he's there on Friday, and you know, and I, I don't know what what point it was in the broadcast that it happened, but obviously all the fans right were at the beginning chanting. Was it right at the beginning? First thing they did, yeah. Um. You know, and, and like when he came out, it goes mental. Obviously, it's like United Center, Chicago, all that kind of history that goes with it. And, you know, and like I think you said kind of thing, like the promo, you know, he's got no one to bounce off at the moment um, because he's not in that kind of either heel or dickish kind of situation at the moment. And I suppose to come out, you know, we've been critical of people like Jericho and not so much Moxley, but some of the people that have been released by WWE and, you know, come out and just started slagging off the WWE. I mean, he's not been there for seven years, so he can't really kind of start giving them a kick in. Kind of, you know, he can sit there for him from afar and slag it off, but it was kind of a bit, it was a bit kind of beige, wasn't it, really? The kind of promo, it wasn't particularly kind of thing you know the the, the the nod to Ring of Honor was quite nice but kind of also I, I got the impression that because purely because of who it was and the fact it actually happened he could have literally have sat in that ring and set on fire a bag of tiny kittens and people would have still have cheered for it because they were that happy just to see him back but like you say in all that time I mean if anybody's ever got an excuse to like to crap on WWE, the fact that they he got he got served with his release papers on his wedding day and all the history that kind of goes with it, and then he's not really said that much publicly, and the fact that then he even kind of backhandedly took money from them by working for Fox on one of their uh, punditry shows for a little while as well, kind of I don't know if that ended up being a sly dig, but nothing was a more direct shot than the fact that he said. Um, when he came back, that he, he left pro wrestling basically on the date that he left Ring of Honor, completely missed referencing any of his time in WWE. Um, uh, regular listeners to the podcast will will know that obviously I have particular beef on the fact that we could have seen him at WrestleMania and didn't for that decision. <laughs> Disappointing, um, but but you know that that's that's kind of his his call. One thing that I did like, and um, one one callback that I did think was cool was the uh, the fact that every member of the crowd uh, had the potential to get issued with an ice cream bar and that was a big thing during his WWE time and uh, it's come out since then that that was something that he arranged personally, that wasn't something that AEW did um, Punk actually did that off his own dime basically and, and set that up himself so I thought that was that was quite a nice touch and kind of, I don't know if it, if it goes so far as to say how much he, he actually cares for maybe the audience that was there and the fact it was in Chicago or if it's just another excuse within his first night in AW to, to give a, a bit more of the finger to, to WWE, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, I think he's bright enough to know that most things that he does kind of 
like um, have a lot of meaning to it because apparently someone had said, "Oh, it says on his um, on his uh, on his trainers he'd written ACFC." So like, or and it, what it's meant to be is always Chicago, uh, forever Chicago, but obviously, kind of we might want to talk on about it a little bit, but obviously people are kind of reading into it along with like the Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and stuff like that. The kind of Adam Cole kind of side of it as well, and the fact that Adam Cole in his match in uh, in uh, against Kyle O'Reilly used the Britt Baker um, lockjaw, wasn't it? Lockjaw on on uh, on uh, on Kyle O'Reilly. It's you know, and we can kind of start to look at obviously Nick Khan showing his face and decided to have a little chat and a sit down with the. Uh, Somebody, well, it's a, it's kind of the real hell. Wally, I think his name is. I know. I always have real problems with that guy's name because I'm, I'm never sure I'm supposed to pronounce it. But it, it, is it Ariel Helwani? Ariel Helwani, I think he's called. Yeah. Um, and obviously, kind of come out and said, you know, we're going to make, you know, making changes and all this kind of thing. And you just think you're missing. You're just missing a trick at the moment because. Like you, you're gonna you're gonna lose some really really big names to to things because you just you're trying to change something that didn't need fixing. I didn't I didn't actually have called down on on my list and and I thought by the time that we then come to record uh, getting over ready for for the next pay per view, um, it, it which which by the way it's looking I'm not even sure if there's going to be an October one they've not referenced anything other than Saudi. Um, or a September one, sorry. Other than Saudi in October, so we'll, we'll kind of, you know, keep your eyes out for that. We'll we'll see how that goes. But but Cole's contract situation, I would hope, will be resolved by the time that we next come to record. So um, we'll see how see how we fare with that one. Um, but yeah, that's that that was pretty much everything wrestling wise. But as promised, it's not just wrestling this time out. Well, it kind of is, because it's wrestling-themed beers as well. So uh, I shall hand you over to the very capable Mr. Matthew Moore for uh, some Survivor Series Brew York talk. Well, as as you know, as as we like in the beer industry, everybody loves a collab. So we thought that being as Brew York released their uh, Survivor Series um, pack recently, um, and uh, for the, uh, the the beer drinkers amongst us who uh, consume the alcoholic variety, we thought that, uh, you know, when it comes to wrestling and beer, we've spoken about this before, that we need to do a little kind of review of, of these four kind of, these four beers. Um, so, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of, re- if you, if you, if you haven't listened to it, why on earth not get back and listen to it? We've re- we 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 we've reviewed Brew York and we've definitely kind of tipped our hat to the fact that they definitely enjoy a wrestling related beer, Triple H, um, to kind of things a Big Eagle one as well, um, all that kind of thing. So they released um, the Brew York Survivor Series four pack. So brewed in collaboration with Yak- Yakima Chief Hops, based in the Pacific Northwest in the USA. So you're kind of looking like Portland, that kind of that that kind of area, Seattle. So 100% farmer-owned global hop supplier, the Survivor Series was created to show their newest product, Cryo Hop. So it's a new kind of hops that they've got. Being one of the only labs in the world to be able to translate raw hop aroma into finished beers has enabled them to engineer a supercharged hop pellet packed with the most effective aromatic components. We have chosen to showcase the many ways that this cryopop pellet can can transform various beers by creating four different pale ales with various hop combinations. So we've got um, Big Popper Pump, the 5.5% cryopop pale ale, so I presume this was the kind of looking at it. This was the base that they started with. Uh, then we had uh, Sweet Chinook Music. 
obviously a nod to uh, Shawn Michaels, which was the cryo pop palette again with a Chinook um, hop, the Scotty Two Hoppy, um, which was a cryo pop and an Idaho Seven pale ale, and then the Thundertaker, which was the cryo pop and Talus pale ale. All of these topped out at 5.5%. There you go. Uh, the glamorous assistants have kindly um, demonstrated each can. Um, so what we... We didn't even smash them together and pour them down ourselves at the same time. They so. didn't do a stone-cold one. If they do a stone-cold one, there'd probably be some sort of blockade. I believe, as you well know, Mr Woodmansey, there is another brewery that does a... Cold Stone beer. Yep. So, that collab. I would. I would suggest that collab will be coming around the time of WrestleMania next year, as uh, you know, just kind of as a spoiler for everybody. On, on the basis of, as well, just a, a, as, as a live throw-in on at the time we are actually recording the uh, as yet unnamed but now named Top Rope Brewing are actually in York tonight as well and have been to Brew York this evening. So no, it was. It was at a different bar. They, oh no, they went. They went there. They did go to New York during the day, but then they're at yeah. North South York. Yeah, it was just a different, different tap room as well. Um, so um, I, we might as well walk work through the beers from uh, well, you know, as most people do, they have top to bottom. Yeah, I think most people work top to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the first one's the big popper pump. Um, I had this probably a couple of weeks ago um, and I, I found it very easy to drink um, probably like a bit of a caramel finish to it uh, but maybe that was just my kind of taste buds with it um, yeah as, like I said very easy to drink it's kind of got that um, kind of sweet finish a sweet finish that I like Um and uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it um, as a starter. Um, kind of like like looking at it there, it seems like the base, the base kind of um, brew that then they've adapted to do the three that followed on. Um, we can we can we can discuss the Scott Steiner reference in a minute. But um, what did you guys think of the beer? I, um, I thought it was nice. Yeah, I thought I'd I've I've just gone with my my comment personally was that it was a light, a light tropical flavour with a nice creamy finish, sort of more creamy on the mouth feel and stuff like that for me. But yeah, that's where that's where I'd like to say the caramel kind of things that kind of got that kind of nice Vel kind of, yeah. velvety yeah. smooth sort of texture and stuff like that. Yeah, Stu. The the only downside for me was that um, I, I stupidly didn't do it in order. And I, I had a different one of the series first, which was instantly better than this one. Um, if anything, I would say it was a little thin for me personally. Um, I did like the flavour; the flavour still came through very, very nicely. Um, it was a bit. It, it was obviously definitely hoppy, um, but it had like to me it was like that piney element to it as well. Um, it it was fine. Um, it's a solid five point five percent beer. Um, but you can tell from having the others that this was the least complex of the four. Um, it does it does stick out in that respect for me. It, it's not not you know a, a, a slight on it in, in that respect. It was still a nice beer, um, just just not my favourite of the four. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think like you kind of when, when we kind of start to talk about like the adding the extra hops. The adding the extra hops in, which you'd hope would add more flavour, because if you're going to add different hops into it, you're going to want it to have a generally a positive effect to the uh, the kind of thing. So if we move on to the next one in the series, the Sweet Chinook Music. Um, again, I'll, I'll let Stu start with this one because this is the one that no, you know, you know, he particularly wanted to drink. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like chin up hops so as soon as this was a thing and it was like right who's going to take this beer I was like yeah please I'll have that one thank you very much so um, 
I guess stupidly because of that, that was the first one of the four that I cracked. Um, and it did not disappoint. The, the, the fact that they've kept the uh, Chinook Hops and they've given that to the, the, the HBK branding, um, it had a sweet finish. So that that is it, it perfectly fits the bill for that. Um, had a very slight hint of grapefruit on the way through to that. Um, but it was it was definitely of the four. I mean, I'm just as for, for the YouTubers, I'll be, you'll be able to see that I have just crack number four, which is the, the Thunder Taker in that glass. Um, but of the four, I feel like I genuinely peaked at the first. I think this, the Sweet Chin Up music was my favourite of the four. So, um, it's, it's the Chin Up Hops, though. I've, I've, I've done myself done myself there by not having it last. So, I've, I've had, so I've, I've, I've had three of the four. Um, been a lightweight i can't um <laughs> i can't i can't handle i couldn't handle the three the three others tonight um and uh, so i've had the uh the, i've had the 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 scott steiner big popper pump i've had the scotty two hoppy and i've had the sweet chin up music and i really enjoyed that one uh the the sweet chin up i like the, like I said the, that kind of tropical flavor to it the kind of the, definitely the grapefruit finish um, and the slightly bitter finish at the end of it, I quite like that kind of the kind of slight. It wasn't it wasn't like a massive one. It was just like a little kind of tickle on the back of the like the back of the throat kind of thing that um, that I really enjoyed. Um, and uh, kind of like again the, the kind of redness of the of the uh, of the of the of the beer kind of was 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 decent to look at. Mister Williams, you kind of. Looked like you had a little kind of. It it wasn't anything that was going to add any sort of like value to it. It was I was basically going to say they've done like a pun for sort of all of the beers. Why did they, and they've called the the sort of the Scott Steiner one Big Popper Pump. Why have they not called it Big Hopper Pump? I yeah, mean, I mean, like, it, it's we might as well get into it now. Yeah, we kind of like looked at it, and you kind of look at the other three, and you're like, right, Shawn Michaels, WWF, WWE. You kind of like, yeah, that that's the person that you associate their greatest run in wrestling as being a WWE, WWF wrestler. Got you too hotty, exactly the same. And then, I mean, do we do, do, do we even need to discuss the Undertaker when it comes to? <laughs> oh yeah, you know all that. that you know. <laughs> It, of course, he's massive running WC. You know, oh yeah, you know, because you know, uh, you know, all elderly wrestling are signed. Oh no, uh, oh yeah, remember when he did that like two year sabbatical in TN? No, oh yeah. So let's get back to uh, 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 let's get back to Scott Steiner. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. So you kind of think, yeah, where did, where did he do most of his best work? WCW. And I think it's that kind of like, you know, I don't think, I don't think if you spoke to someone about Scott Steiner, they wouldn't kind of say he was a WWE wrestler. I don't, I don't think you'd kind of talk about his runs as a wrestler in 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 WWF WWE first. You'd talk about WCW. You'd probably kind of yes, Mister Lindsay. The only thing that will ever be talked about for now and evermore to do with Scott Steiner will be nothing to do with WCW nor WWF as it was at the time. Despite the fact that, to me, for, for my money, the Steiner brothers are still overlooked as one of the, tag, the, the greatest tag teams of all time in that company. The thing that will be talked about, and one thing I'm very disappointed about in the fact that they've not included this on the brand and on the can, is his... Uh, promo in TNA building up to the Sacrifice pay-per-view and for my money not only should I, I, I cannot agree with Paul more that they should have called it Big Hopper Pump because that would have just have made much more sense but it should have said something to the effect on the back of that you could only drink the beer in um, thirds or 30, 33 and thirds maybe because that that promo if you don't know what I'm talking about 
type in Scott Steiner promo TNA and it will be the first thing that comes up. Just just or just Google Scott Steiner maths and it'll that'll be the first <laughs> thing that comes up. Guaranteed. I mean, he's 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 no Carol Vorderman, but you know, he, he, <laughs> he's up there. <laughs> I, I'll tell you something. It, it, it's maybe he is Carol Vorderman though, because I've never known people be able to mix fractions, percentages, other sort of algebra and stuff like that into one sort of seamless tra- uh, transaction before. But he managed to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I honestly good. thought Stu was going to like bring it home for me because I don't think about anything to do with his wrestling career. I just think about his chest. <laughs> That's the only thing. What, what you time, your own time on me is... Uh... <laughs> Any time his name comes up, it's like, oh, yeah, his chest. Yeah, the fuck went on there? Well, I mean, like, you don't just have to, like... Don't even just say his chest. So the favourite phrase when he rejoined WWE that I think the uh, Jerry the King Lord always used to say was, "He has muscles in in places that people oh what was it? He's got muscles in places that people don't have places or something like that." And so it was just like, like he, he was just outrageously sort of misproportioned. You know, like if if you get like oh, the way, like hark back to when you were in primary school and like your artwork maybe wasn't like at the level that it maybe is now, and you were like, right, draw a guy who's quite muscly, and you'd be like Popeye, pretty much. That's Scott Steiner, and like they've they've done him a bit of a disservice on the cam because I mean th- his those biceps are- aren't his biceps need to be kind of. I mean, he's kind of got the weird, like, tennis ball kind of bicep that he had at the bottom, but kind of it needs to be a bit more jacked than that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Comparison for the YouTube viewers. Get yourself along to YouTube. Check it out. I mean, it. The, the best thing is as well is he, he's got that sort of, uh, you know, that, that healthy vein that you always see in, uh, in uh, wrestlers or bodybuilders where it like, sort of runs from, like, one wrist all the way through his chest, down to the other wrist on the other side. It's not a vein, Paul. It's where they zip the suit out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good God. Oh, like, that's, that's not ideal. I mean, what exactly is going on there? I hate to think. There's, is he detached? Um, he might have, I presume at some point, he's detached there. Uh, a <laughs> um, Or... Or both. I think what what because is it? He's got a nasty scar as well, hasn't he? What was that? Was that was that someone attacking him, or was that? He's not suffering from a case of the Kofi Kingston's, is what you're uh, what you're telling me there. <laughs> he's got a weird enough chest as it is. I've seen him interviewed about it, and he's like, "Nope, never been injured. It's just how it is. Deal with it." <laughs> Poor guy. Or if you spoke to Eddie Dennis, he is quite willing to admit he's separated both pectorals, and that's still why he wears a vest. Uh, <laughs> because he's like, yeah, it's weird under there. <laughs> he's checking east and west, is what you're telling <laughs> So we we kind of looked at the at the at the big popper pump, which we should be called big hopper hump, um, or Easy. big hopper pump, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you've had a couple of beers it kind of gets increasingly difficult to say the sweet chin up music um, if we move on to uh, after I'll pass over to you guys the uh, Thundertaker um, one granted um, I've not had I've not had all of the four I've only had the Big Popper Pump and the Thundertaker but obviously the, the Thundertaker was definitely the thicker of the two beers uh, and I'd hazard a guess that it was the thickest of all four. It, no, not. I, I, I still think Chin Up was was up there. It might it might be on par in terms of mouthfeel, um, but the the flavour profile, considering that it's still got that um, like the, the you know the cryo base to it, um, the the fact that the, you know the one edition has changed it up massively, it's kind of weird because like. 
it's kind of got that, it's got a bit more of a grassy kind of taste to it to me and and like oh, like and I know you guys before we came on and referenced like the, the like the coconut element of it and I was like ah it's not a stout how's that going to work absolutely does Like I said, I, I can't. Actually, I can't comment on the Thundersake one. I haven't had that one yet. I don't know if it's like a. It's like um, there's a there's a beer that I had a couple of months or or about a year or so back, but I think it had. Is it Sabro Hops or something like that? Mm. They seem to have like a coconutty sort of element to them. About so I don't know if they're involved in that sort of brew. Not, this is this is a Talus Hops. Um, as, as as well as the cryo pop stuff, it, it's kind of I don't know. It, it's it's definitely got like coconut element to it. The, the further through it I'm getting, the more I'm getting like a bit of an aniseed flavour to it as well, um, which isn't something I would usually associate with a pale ale, but it is very much working. And and, and to suit the the kind of theme of the uh, the can and the artwork, it's of the four. It's definitely the darkest of the brews. There has been some kind of dank stuff amongst it, but that's that's definitely the darkest of, of the four. Um, I, again, if I was going to pick one, I'm still going to pick the sweet chin up music because I'm biased to chin up hops. But this this is a very close second of the of the four in the pack for me. Uh, so then the last one I probably shouldn't have left. <laughs> kind of thing, Scotty too hoppy. Um, the guy who headlined lots of pay-per-views and WrestleManias <laughs> left him to last. Give the man his due. Get him there. He's clearly too cool, is he? And scribble trust. Yeah, as I as I initially incorrectly felt, I uh, when when Stu first sh- uh, showed me pictures of those beers, I was like, oh my god. That's amazing. Stu's managed to get in autographed beer. No, <laughs> he's just got squiggly squigglies on his trousers. So apparently, apparently Scotty Too Hotty signs his name like a like a three year old. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I I've enjoyed this one. This one's probably on that kind of like um, probably a bit more piney, a bit more kind of. It's got that kind of hops, kind of kind of. But I wouldn't say burn to it. It's not a full-on burn, but it's kind of got that kind of end to it. I do like Idaho hops um, with referencing kind of to add a collab into the collab. <gasps> um, the Idaho train uh, with a top rope um, is probably one of my favorite, one of my favorite, definitely one of my favorite beers that top rope do. It's probably one of our, one of my favourite beers that I've had in a while. Um, I, I yeah, I enjoy. I've enjoyed this uh, the the Scotty Two Hoppy one. Um, it's it's not as fruity IPA. It's like I said, it's kind of probably got that kind of more florally kind of side to it as opposed to um, in, in in my opinion. But as with the other three that the other two that I've drunk so far. It drinks really well and it drinks really easily um, at five point five percent. They're all and they're all five point five percent. You know, it's quite easy drinking kind of thing that you're not going to possibly feel the consequences too hard in the morning. I think that's the thing for me as well. With I, I had the Scottish Hoppy third, and it kind of at that point ranked definitely. Be- Sort of middle of the road between the uh, big popper pump and the the uh, sweet chinook music. It's it's definitely more on the floral side. Every single one of these beers has been so easy to drink, and that like I know the whole point of it was that they'd base it on the cryo pop hot, um, and then and then kind of try and make it different. Considering that they're all bang on five point five percent, they they have all been. An entirely different flavor profile, and in in terms of like, if that was the mission statement for the whole kind of let's let's brew these beers, they've definitely nailed it. Because if you if you had a blindfold on and tried those four beers, 
you would know that there were four different beers. You would like, you would know there was no duplication, despite the fact that the base is kind of the same for all of them. Yeah, yeah, they've done something kind of really. Again, you know, we talk about this regularly, and we've spoken about it either with the not with the non-alcoholic beers that we've talked about, with the with the brews that we've talked about, where they've kind of kind of played with the different. Um, hops and stuff like that you know it's really clever what they've done because they've picked out um you know you've got four different beers you could sit there and they could line them up in glasses and you could see which that there were four different beers because they all look different kind of color wise and like you said the flavor profile as well um is 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 all different the best thing is like you said though is is that they all drink really well and drink Probably a little bit too quickly, <laughs> um, but then again, you know, we and, and hopefully as people watch more and more of it or listen to or watch more and more of the pursuit of happiness. So you know, if you're coming in from the Get, getting over podcast, you're very welcome to come and listen to the pursuit of happiness ones. Um, you'll find out that we are stands of different breweries. We don't all have the same one. Um, but we are definitely stands of uh, the uh, the Brew York uh, beers and a uh, big fan of their IPAs and their sours um, and their uh, and their stouts, um, which we're uh, possibly going to discuss one of in the future, just as a little kind of teaser um, as we go off air, as it were. So yeah, I think probably call it a day there with the uh, the collab. Um, things work quite well. <laughs> well, maybe we should just uh, just drink more beer on the wrestling podcast. Is what I'm thinking. Is that how this works? I mean, it's it's not a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> obviously, obviously, at this point, we've we've obviously sort of given all our feelings on the sort of the the wrestling themed beers that we've had. Obviously, Mister Cook's been sat there. Offering his two penneth here and there, but he's been supping from a little container as he's been going. What's he? Uh, what have you been drinking tonight, Andrew? Oh yes. This guy featured. It's gone now. It's gone. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no. Featured. See, I, I, I'm in a bit of a difficult position where I'm getting low on on the beers. Um, I went from three boxes to two boxes to one to half a box. Uh, obviously, the, the fridge is still jam-packed, uh, but what it has allowed is for me to work through something like my older stuff, which is also my favourite stuff. So that there was a peanut butter milk stout. Uh, I think it's been mentioned before. It's an absolute delight. And then, the big guy... Uh, Features the big dog's favourite. It's uh, Big Drop Breweries Pastry Sour, which uh, if you saw my fridge right now, you'd think I was sponsored by them uh, because <laughs> the the only beer that is in there right now is the uh, the Big Drop Pastry Sour, and like I said, the fridge is jam packed. So, uh... and as previously discussed with us. They're tall boy beers as well, so they are tall boys. That's why I need the the bigger cold uh, cold container. That pastry sour is oh, honestly, I, I dream of that pastry sour. It's uh, it's like you know, I we've kind of discussed this, and we discussed this on the on the big drop uh, brewery kind of pod that we did on the pursuit of happiness. Um, and like their standard of, of, of alcohol-free beers is is absolutely awesome. Um, I've been out and I've bought the uh, the Beaver Town um, no low alcohol one recently, and I've had that just as a kind of midweek kind of little one. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So for those of you who are non-alcoholic drinkers, we also cater for that on the pursuit of happiness as well. So uh, I'll be having another one of those coming up, um, and uh, I'll, me and Andy will chat about possibly doing some more kind of like a, a full-on 
Andy's Andy's best bits, as it were, pod for one of the uh, alcohol-free ones, as opposed to just focusing on one brewery. All right then. Cool. So we draw well, a plug there, gents. Yeah. So, like you say, we, we've done it. We've done a bit of a mashup this time. Join us next time for the the pursuit of happiness full fat episode, if you like, and uh, and obviously the uh, the getting over. Uh, podcast will continue and uh, keep your ears out for the next fully fledged pay-per-view that is announced fingers crossed it's not just saudi but if it is you know we've got you so uh, give us all the light the pursuit of happiness that can drink you through that shit show so <laughs> so but yeah but uh, give us all the likes shares and subscribes as you always do and uh, every every single one is much appreciated so thank you very much there we go what do you think of that something a little bit different if you check us out on youtube thanks if you're subscribing bigger thanks same for audio wise or wherever you're getting your podcasts if you'd like to get in touch with us you can jump over to thecookiecast.com check us out over there grab one of our social media links or even uh, drop us an email let us know how you're getting on let us know if you enjoy the wrestling if you're enjoying the beers so that's it for this one until next time Saying bye to you, and I'll catch you then. See ya!